Welcome to Power Yourself, where we discuss the most important topic in the world, you. The Five Love Languages is a book written by Dr. Gary Chapman. The idea is straightforward. People communicate with their partners in different ways. Today we explore what these languages are, so we can take the mystery out of what our significant other really wants and expects from us. And as always, as we jump in to the five love languages, we have Jillian Power. Jillian, how's it going today? It's going delightful, Carl. How about yourself? I'm pretty excited about today's episode, and let me tell you why. You've read this book. Yes, I have. You suggested this book. Yes, I did. So this podcast is something that's near and dear to you. So let me ask you, how did you find out about this book? Uh, it was actually my sister. My sister was the one who, um, she was starting to get into audiobooks, and she was like, this is awesome, and she knew I'd appreciate it. And so I was like, sweet, and I jumped on the audiobook train, downloaded it, and I gave it a listen. Nice. And also, if you remember back, now I was after already listening to it then, but me and Fleur were having a little conversation, a side conversation about this book as well. So Fleur, remember when we did the relationship interview, she was the one who actually encouraged this book as a tool for people in relationships as well. So you've received this book as a recommendation from two different people in your lives. You've read it. Can I ask, what did you like about the book? Well, first of all, I think we're all so different. And I think we kind of go about our life in what we seek to get back, I think sometimes, if that makes sense. So I think it's important to be aware that there's different ways to show your love and that maybe your spouse or the people around you are not sharing the same love language. So maybe you need to be aware of what theirs are so that they can walk away feeling love and appreciate it and having their, as Gary, Gary Chapman says, their love tanks full. So should everyone in a relationship... If, you know, you've got a husband or a wife, you've got spouses, you've got, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever it is, should everyone in a relationship read this book or think about their relationship in this way? That's a hard one to answer. And I would say some people are going to be ready for it. And so for them, I would say, absolutely, you should give it a read. And for others, you know, maybe you're not in a position where you're ready to take in this information. But I would still encourage you to maybe listen to it or read it to just be aware that there's different ways that other people show their love. So I don't think it can hurt, that's for sure. So why not give it a read? If you listen to it in an audio book, it's actually really, really short. I think it took me like, it was like 40 minutes or something. So super short book. I think it's like seven different sections, small read. But it's got really useful information. It's just basically talking about how love, it's this kind of blanket term, you know, love, but there's different dialects within that term. So there's different ways that we can each be showing love to each other, and we might not even be recognizing that the person is giving us love or trying to physically show us how much they care about us. Oh, so someone might do something that they think is showing an act of love, but the person on the other end, the receiving end of it, may not perceive it the same way. Exactly. Oh, my. Yeah. Or maybe the person's giving love the way they want to receive it, 
And the person they're giving it to, it's totally lost on because they're like, eh, this isn't my love language. I'm not getting that same kind of fulfillment and joy that you're trying to give me. Jillian, what you're describing sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so I'm excited about today's episode because we're going to try to overcome some of those hurdles. Again, the book for those of us that are maybe taking notes on this podcast is called The Five Love Languages, and it's a book written by Dr. Gary Chapman. So we're going to explore those five love languages right now. So Jillian, do you want to walk us through what the five are? And then we can deep dive into each of them over the course of this podcast. Sounds great. And before I do, I kind of want to bring note to something that he said within his book. So Gary Chapman, he mentioned how, you know, it's really easy to fall in love. You know, we're all had things in our life or people in our life that we fell in love with. But the hard part comes with staying in love you know, putting the effort in and showing up for the other person and kind kind of trying to allow them to feel the love that we're trying to give. So basically working at your relationship to give a sustainable love. So I think that's really important. You know, people, I've, I've always heard people say, oh, love shouldn't be hard. Well, no, falling in love is is easy, relatively easy, because you get excited, you're overwhelmed, you get carried away, but then it's sustaining that love, so respecting each other, showing up, giving each other what the other person needs, as well as getting what you need. I believe that's, it's like a dance. You have to figure out how you work together and put the effort into it to getting that good result. Fantastic. So let's jump through the, f the five love languages. The first one is words of affirmation. What does that mean? Words of affirmation? Well, it's using words to affirm your feelings. So basically, you know, and I want to say before we really get into these, the five of these love languages, it's not just surface meaning. It always has to be genuine. Okay. So for example, we're talking about words of affirmation here. So giving kind words. It's not just giving the kind word of I love you. You know, depending on your tone, that can actually come across as very hollow. So it's being aware of your tone and how genuine you actually feel with those words. So a true compliment, a meaningful compliment can be so much more powerful than saying something you think the other person wants to hear. Exactly. So you're verbally affirming each other from a place of genuineness. So you genuinely feel that way and you're saying it out loud to the other person so that they can hear it. I think we're all guilty of this on one occasion or another where we want to say something and we go, uh, they know. They know how we feel. And you're saying, no, no, in that moment, say it. So I am famous for this. So for me, if I think a positive feeling, I want to say it because I'm like, you know what? We sometimes in our life, we think all of these positive things and we never let the other person know. So if you're a dear friend of mine, you've likely received a you're awesome and you're awesome for this because I like to I like to say it out loud for them to hear it, physically hear how good they are or how they are seen in somebody else's eyes. It's allowing them space. And if that's their love language, it can be very fulfilling to them. I heard something very powerful a while ago that a compliment not paid is the equivalent of you going to the store, buying a gift, and then never giving the gift to the other person. Bang 
on, buddy. That's exactly what it is. So if you think those positive thoughts, whether it's your love language or not, I would highly recommend you saying it. You know, and if words of affirmation are your particular love language or your spouse's better yet, maybe it's about having a conversation about your spouse to other people and saying those positive things about your spouse. You know, using written words to to kind of acknowledge what they're doing or how you feel about them. There's many different ways that you can fulfill that language, but just being aware that, you know, writing it down or sharing how you feel about others or how you feel about your loved one to others can be a source of fulfillment for that partner as well. What might be some barriers to people using words of affirmation? The one that comes to my mind is, people might feel silly or they might not want to be vulnerable with the other person. They might fear rejection. Is that common? Oh, absolutely. I think everybody's scared stiff. <laughs> to be honest, the first time I did it, I was like, I felt like it's not intuitive to do it because you do, you get very vulnerable. The first while I was like, are they just going to think I'm like this hippie loving <laughs> individual when in reality yeah it's a good thing <laughs> but sharing positive traits at the end of the day by you sharing it you're feeling it as well so it can be gifting to both parties because you're remembering it you're allowing it to be present and then hopefully they're in a place where they can receive it and be like oh wow thank you for seeing me thank you for acknowledging what i've done and on the flip side of this, people that live in this sort of lane, the words of affirmation lane, negative or insulting comments are very powerful and they're not easily forgiven. Oh, absolutely. It's going to hurt them even deeper. Some people can really brush off when people rant or, you know, when you're in a fight with a spouse and you, you get dirty, you, you call names. You know, if this is one of your love languages, you need to be well aware of that or the, that your it's your spouse's because it's going to cut a lot deeper. And I think, you know, it's easy to lash out and be mean to other people, but I, I would always question if you are lashing out or using those negative words, why? Are you trying to achieve something here? And if so, is that the appropriate means? So that was the first of five love languages, words of affirmation by the book, The Five Love Languages, which is a book written by Dr. Gary Chapman. We're going to go to love language number two, which is quality time. And this language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Yeah. So it's togetherness, focused attention. Basically, as we would say, you're not multitasking. You're really being present with the individual. You're really you're gifting them with your time. You know, you're you're bonding with them. You're connecting with them. So for them who enjoy quality time, people who enjoy quality time, talk is cheap. Time spent together means a great deal. Oh, and basically what they're seeking, and I would say this is my dominant one, so quality time. It's that deep conversation. You're looking for the other person to be vulnerable with you and you to be vulnerable with them. So it's about that true connection. It's not about that surface talk. It's about really re revealing your true self with each other and being able to discuss. Now, people who are in the quality time lane, mm -hmm. they don't like distractions. They don't like postponed dates or the failure to listen. This really sets you guys off. 
yeah, or babbling brooks, so people who just say everything, like you said, with no meaning really behind it. Yeah, it does set us off. <laughs> us. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm one of these people. But guys, as I'm acknowledging here that quality time is one of my things, it's not my only thing. So you're going to have probably an order of where you rank and what's your most important. But that's not saying that there's only one love language that you speak. You probably have a dominant one, but there's others that are going to be impactful as well. So could you suggest, for example, that as we go through these five, we maybe mentally think on a scale of one to 10, how important are these to us? And we would also do that with our spouse. We would say, hey, let's sit down and have a conversation. How important are these to you as well? Absolutely. And I think, you know, Gary Chapman does a great way to wrap it up. He gives you three questions and we'll look at those uh, before wrapping up today. Uh, how you can ask to kind of find out what yours and your spouse's love language is. So if any one of us needed a teaser, <laughs> a reason to stay on this podcast, you heard it right here first, people. We're going to have three questions at the end of this podcast to help us determine the level of interest in each of these five love languages. Now, there's another trait for people who enjoy the quality time love language, and that's eye contact. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? It's about, so going back to what we were saying about being present with each other, fully in the moment with the other person. So you're listening for stuff like feelings and you're really observing the other person's body language. So you're not just there for words. You're actually like you're connecting. So you're physically present with the other person and you're being aware of what they're saying and hopefully the other person's meeting you with that same respect. What I'm picturing in my mind is the one person in the relationship watching television and the other person enters the room and they want you to turn off the television. I won't tell you which one I am in that relationship, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do turn off the TV just for what it's worth. But I, I can understand that someone who lives in this lane, it's very important to them that they feel acknowledged and that it could be perceived as disrespectful. If a person is doing chores, they're reading, they're not paying full attention to that person. Yeah, quality time, you're looking for that undivided attention and that's their gift. That's, that's your way that you can show them that you love them. You're sincerely showing your feelings by giving your quality time to them. So we'll move on to the third love language, which is receiving gifts. Dr. Chapman says in his book that for some people, what makes them feel most loved is to receive a tangible gift. Now, this does not mean that the person is materialistic or shallow, but what it does mean is that a thoughtful present can make them feel appreciated. Absolutely. And I would say he also mentions that it can not just be a physical gift. It can be the presence of your space, of your time. So maybe someone, I know he mentions, maybe someone's going through grief. Maybe a loved one passed away. So maybe it's gifting with gifting your spouse with your time, being there for them to just be there as they're going through the event. So I think it's, I love what you just said there. I think it's important for us to differentiate. We're not talking about every Saturday morning you're showing up with a diamond ring. <laughs> what you're saying is it could be a handwritten note taped to a mirror. It could be bringing home a cupcake at the end of the week because someone has, you're either celebrating or maybe somebody had a rough day. It'd be something like that. That, that could be a tangible gift as well. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with money or I wouldn't place it on money value. Basically, a gift means you've thought about someone when they weren't there and you're showing them that you've thought about them. 
So some people like to be thought of and they like the feeling of being loved. So for the people who live in that gift lane, receiving gifts are just acknowledging, hey, I thought of you. And because I love you so much, this is what I brought home to say, to represent that I've thought of you. Fascinating, because if people don't live in this lane, they might think, well, what's the point? Why would I spend $8 on a Hallmark card, for example? It's, it, I, I wouldn't value it. But somebody who does value it, I can see the disconnect here where somebody would be like, oh, I wonder why I fight with my spouse all the time. Somebody might be thinking they're doing something that is great, and the other person goes, I don't really value this at all. So just imagine the person who really is, you know, like they're reluctant to spend money and they're not as, you know, carefree with their money. Maybe having a spouse that has the receiving gifts love language, it might be a little bit hard. So maybe they have to do a little bit more reframing with that spending money. Maybe it's an investment instead of just randomly spending the money. So maybe it's not about so much the cost of it, Maybe it's about allowing a certain, you know, price value to be attached because you realize this is your spouse's love language. And I think it's important, what I'm hearing you saying is it's important for the couple to have a conversation that they acknowledge that this is important to them or that it might not naturally be inclined for the other person to have it be important to them. Absolutely. And that... There's no judgment attached, but they can say, hey, I'm not naturally wired this way. I don't normally think about money this way. Or the other person might say, oh, I, I really do value this. I think if the other person hears that, they're more inclined to see it through their eyes and say, oh, it's important to them. So therefore, I will make it important to myself. Exactly. So it's always about having that conversation. Because like you just said, you might be giving it in this way. And the other person, they don't even want to receive it. It's not their love language at all. It does nothing for their love tank. It does not show them that you appreciate or love them. So I think it's really important to have a conversation and make sure you're speaking the right love language to your spouse. It reminds me, you know, we've all been there at Christmas time when we open up a gift from a loved one. And, you know, they've sent it in the mail and we open it up and it's absolutely not what we wanted. You know, it could be a sweater and it's the wrong size. We're never going to wear it. And I just think, oh, now imagine if that's your spouse giving you something and, uh, and the person on the receiving end of it's going, I'm never going to wear this. And it's like, yikes. You know, it could be an act of kindness on the giving end, but on the receiving end, they go, eh. I'm not really interested in well, this. So exactly. Make sure that your your spouse or the loved one actually wants the gifts. They want the tangible stuff that really, in their eyes, it's a visible sign of love, a visible symbol of you loving them. So just make sure that you're speaking, you're speaking the right language. Absolutely. So we've got three of the five love languages so far. And again, the book's called The Five Love Languages. It's a book written by Dr. Gary Chapman. We've covered off so far. Language number one is words of affirmation. Language number two is quality time. And we just covered language number three, which is receiving gifts. And that brings us to language love number four, which is acts of service. Now, for these people, actions are key. Actions speak louder than words. So people who speak this language, they want to service their partner and recognize that their life is rough and help them out in any way possible. So for example, lending a helping hand shows that you really care. They don't like broken promises. They don't like perceived lazy, laziness, and they appreciate it when you do a favor or help them out. So let's talk a little bit about this acts of service. I think this is a fascinating lane to deal in. Yeah, 
I think for acts of service, once again, like going back to everything's got to come from that genuine state. Okay, so it can't be this, you know, doing something out of fear or out of scarcity or, you know, so they won't be mad at you. It's got to be genuinely coming from a place of you're showing them love. So I'm I'm doing something, but not only am I doing it reluctantly, I'm doing it because I know it helps you. And I'm showing up to do this act so that your life is a little bit easier. So this is a situation where if you're in a relationship and you're maybe at home, this is the idea of doing chores around the house because it helps out the other person. So maybe you go out of your way and run an errand for that person and you say, it's not so much giving them a tangible gift, but you're saying I'm doing something for them on their behalf that they'll appreciate. Yeah, so that they don't have to do it. And you're acknowledging, certain example would be, maybe you had a rough day. Maybe you had a really rough day and you were talking to your spouse and you mentioned, wow, like what a bad day. And I got to stop to the grocery store and get all the stuff for supper. And then maybe your spouse hears that and stops and gets all the stuff that you were going to get at the grocery store and text you and say, don't worry about the grocery store. I've already done it. Right. So I love that example. It's not necessarily the, the money value attached to it. It's not the things. It's the act of service. It's the act of going to the store and it's the time spent getting those items to therefore free up time for that recipient. Exactly. So it could be anything like maybe even changing the bed or doing laundry or, you know, it could be something of returning a book to the library. So many different things. But basically you're saying, I know your time is valuable and I'm recognizing that you're really busy and I'm going to meet you with gifting you with some of my time. Here's, here's what I'm going to do to show you my love. That's a great, I love that mental picture in my mind that we all have a money bank account and we also have a time bank account. And some people value when your partner goes into the money bank account and some people value when we go into the time bank account. And again, we, we live in all five of these lanes, but it, you know, like you said, there's a primary lane that we might one or two that we might really hit home with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think all of them can be used, you know, like I, like I said before, I don't think it's just necessarily one. So I really believe having that conversation to make sure what you're giving is getting the, it's being received the way you're trying to have it being received. So if I'm buying you flowers every week and your love language is so not gifts, you're like, wow, that's a waste of money. Maybe like have a conversation or if you're in a fight and they buy you flowers, is that really your spouse's love language? Or I would say, is it yours? And you're just trying to show what you would want to be seen in that situation. So that's a, that's something we kind of got to be aware of. And the fifth love language, the final love language, is physical touch. Now, to this person, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate touch. Now, we want to be clear. We're not just talking about romantic involvement, but it could be everyday physical connections like hand-holding, a kiss, reaffirming physical contact. Maybe it's sitting there watching TV and someone gets a shoulder rub, for example. It doesn't have to be you know, super intense, but it could be a nice little gesture that goes a long way. Yeah, I think it's a huge range that you can go in here for personal or physical touch. I believe it can be a nice, simple little gesture of, you know, just the, the touch of the arm as you pass somebody. Maybe it's just holding hands. Maybe it's just a, a pat on the back to say, hey, I'm here with you. 
Maybe it could be like a foot rub or a massage or maybe something more intimate. It's a whole range here. And I like what you said. It's kind of depending on the situation and, and what your partner needs at that moment. It's funny too. And, I'll, and I'm going to back it up um, slightly. Um, it's neat how just in our daily lives, we tend to see coworkers, friends, family, just in general, and there, we have a, a huge range of people that range from the very touchy-feely to people that don't like any physical touch whatsoever. So I, I, I like this one a lot um, because it's, I can instantly see in my mind the range of people. It's funny to me when you meet somebody for the first time and they come at you with the big hug and it's like, whoa, this person is very touchy-feely. And there's other people that you know for years and you've barely ever shaken their hand, right? It's just, and I know it's not directly related to this, but just in general, we tend to have a predisposition that we're either hardwired to love it, just in general. Uh, you know, I just think about my friends. Some of them are big time huggers and others are not. And when you see those two interact, boy, it's fascinating to watch, you know, <laughs> at the end of the night when the party's over and the huggers going around the room and you just see people cringing and other people are loving it. Right. So I know it's just kind of a weird example, but no, it's not a weird example. <laughs> I think it's being aware that, Hey, if this is yours, maybe it's not everybody else's as well. So kind of respecting that there are differences. And it's important to have that talk with your spouse or with your loved one to say, Hey, this is important to me, or is it important to you to have that talk with them as well? So I love how all five of them, you can rate yourself highly or, or low, and it's it may be the same or it may be different than your partner. Yeah, I think all of them, yeah, it's so important. And it's so funny because I think before I would just give to what I think I want, <laughs> give on that level or give on that lane, as we you were saying earlier, so I think, yeah, it's, it goes back to, and I think that's the underlining tone that goes with a lot of our episodes. We talk about communication. It's all about the communication with each other and with the people you love the most. So have a conversation with your spouse and see which lane they are in, which language they are speaking, or which language they want you to speak in. Because maybe you're putting a lot of effort in, and it's not it's not being reciprocated the way you you want it to land. It's tough in a relationship, but you have to do it where we need to ask for what we want. And we also need a commitment to give the other person what they want as well. Yeah, I think it's very important. So we've gone over the five love languages. And again, the name of the book is called The Five Love Languages. And it's a book written by Dr. Gary Chapman. Jillian listened to the audio book as well. So you can have a written copy. You could have an audio copy. Now, before we end the podcast, as previously promised, Jillian has a couple questions, three questions, in fact, that we can ask ourselves and our spouses to see how we rate on these five love languages. So, Jillian, I'm fascinated to hear about this. What are the three questions that we would ask ourselves or our spouses? Yeah, so Gary Chapman mentions in his last section of the book three questions that you can ask each other or really ask yourself to find out what your love language might be. So first question is, what does your spouse do or fail to do that hurts you the most? Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, right? It sure. hits you. It's like, ooh, because that's where your concentration is. So that's maybe where you feel something is lacking, and that might be your love language. Interesting. not being filled. So you look for a, a gap, I guess, in your life, and you say, okay, out of these five lanes of traffic, so to speak, we have these five love languages, which is the one that I would love to see full and is currently empty? Exactly. 
And then second question is, what have you most often requested from your spouse? So what are you continuously requesting from your partner? So there could be something in those five love languages that really hits you in this podcast and you're listening to it thinking, man, I would love more of that and I'm not currently getting it. Yeah, so it's another indicator. And third question is, what way do you express love? Because like I mentioned before, a lot of the time we actually give love the way we would like to receive it. Yeah, it's a great point, right? It's I, I think to myself, when we started talking about this just in general, I think of these as gifts that you give someone, right? You give these to your partner. And like any gift, some people are tough to shop for. You know, you're walking around the mall going, man, I don't want to shop for this person. And it's funny. We tend to gravitate towards things that we would like to receive. So funny, Well, isn't you it? know, I really like golf clubs. Well, maybe this person, they've never golfed in their life, right? But yeah, maybe they would like that. Or I'm a big you know, heavy metal rock fan, maybe they would like that album. And it's like, maybe they wouldn't. Um, so it's really tough. And I think too, when you're buying something for someone else, if you know, they really like the color pink, for example, but you don't, even though, you know, logically they like it, it can be tough to still buy it. And you're going, boy, I don't know if they're going to like this, even though they've told you they do, but because you don't, you kind of have to like wear their experiences on top of your brain a little bit and say, well, I have to pretend that this is what they will want or I have to imagine that this is what they would want in order to feel what they feel. It's, it can be tough. It can definitely be tough. So that's why I really believe it's about having that conversation, finding out what your dominant love language is and what your spouse's is so that you can start communicating on that level. Basically, guys... It's a way to fill each other's tank, which I love. I, I have this complete visual when Gary Chapman said that in his book. I'm like, I get it. It's filling the love tank, you know, and it's just basically a way to feel secure in the love for one another. You're just learning to speak that language. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode on the five love languages. Again, we want to encourage you to get involved on social media. So we have a Facebook page. It's called Power Yourself. We'd love for you to get on that page, leave a comment, like us, follow us. And we also have on iTunes uh, the opportunity to leave a review. So you can rate the podcast on iTunes. We would love that. We would love to hear from you. So thanks again for listening. We really hope you enjoyed our five love languages. Again, that book is written by Dr. Gary Chapman. On behalf of Power Yourself, I'm Carl. And I'm Jill. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.